0: Uh, Welcome to the Five Phenomenon Podcast. I am your host, Shane Hazen, and with me again is guest host, Ted Haycraft
1: yes this, this that is, is
0: you were affirming that you did a
1: craft what did i say no that's that's you said ted hotcraft no, just affirming my name
0: yeah uh coming up, coming up today we're continuing our uh random exploration of the new format whatever it might be um i guess well
1: it's sort of that you who who picked the last film um, i
0: picked, picked the last you film.
1: picked the last film and so you made me pick a film. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I I was like, I mean, I could you know. well, there
0: was also this little pressure you felt where it's something where you wanted to feel like you had a take on it, you had a little bit of expertise on it, you wanted to rewatch it. Possibly, yeah, true. I mean, or it need to be. Fresh I don't know in how.
1: Head. I I think your idea, I think I want to do more notes and, and research before we do these, and you want to be more loosey goosey. Well, I and think
0: it's just fresh in the brain because I mean, I feel like I have a pretty esoteric watch list, if if only based on my Netflix cube, I'm one of the few people remaining who still gets DVDs from Netflix, and <laughs> and like my aunt Joanne does. I think. Yeah, and I mean, lately it's between that and whatever interesting TCM is showing. You're lucky enough to have. Um, tcm on your cable package uh look up the watch tcm app they'll have an archive of like the last two weeks of what's been showing on tcm it is it is a gold mine i love watching stuff off that
1: so anyway i think i watched this before the pandemic yet not that long but it wasn't long ago i watched dick tracy and you said you had watched dick tracy i forgot and i, and I can't remember what prompted me there was a I'm sure there was a specific reason that prompted me to watch it.
0: Well, the, the first thing that came to mind was we made jokes years ago that if we were, we were going to do, uh, I made jokes that we were going to do a podcast. We would title it uh, "How Long It Takes for the Conversation to Get On to uh, Bob Dylan, Sergio Leone, or Warren Beatty." And, and Jack I figured, Kirby. yeah, well, it, yeah, there was a few people <laughs> yeah. listed in there, but I figured you were doing it for the ba- Beatty.
1: Uh, well, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Beatty's never far from my mind. That sounds strange. But, uh, I mean, because I just was watching portions of Bullworth recently, too.
0: And, uh, uh, Bullworth was one of the ones you mentioned that I got excited about, but uh, I, I haven't seen that forever just because that, the, that one's not available on uh, And, Blu-ray if anything,
1: but, it should be available right now, considering what's going on. And, right. Uh, uh, but, but, anyway, uh, yeah, so Dick Tracy's uh, 30th anniversary.
0: Yeah, that makes oh. sense. Well, so the reason I watched it was um, uh, my friend, who I'm going to reference some of his theories and some of the stuff he thought of, my friend T.J. Volgaire, who's a great editor, filmmaker, um he and i during the pandemic have been doing some zoom watches and we did and this is before like amazon and all them added the chat option onto some of these things where you can watch together so basically all we did was we stuck our computers in our laps or right next to us and tried to time it up and there was a lot of sound bleeding in so and Dick Tracy, we we went down some childhood traps, and Dick Tracy was one of the ones we picked.
1: So a, this is a childhood film for you.
0: Yes, which is the reason I kind of want to really get your take on it, because I feel like one of the most pedestrian takes anyone can have on a movie uh, is, is to say, oh, this movie was important to me as a child, especially because there's a tendency to be, leave it at that. Because Dick Tracy was, I found this picture recently of me where um, uh, we were on, on a on a trip out west and i had a the dick tracy happy meal watch and i loved the shit out of it that was just like a prized possession and, and i don't think i saw the movie till a little i think i saw it in the theater i saw in the theater but
1: no we were yeah uh this is you know post batman uh tim burton batman and uh so the merchandise the whole setup was in gear like that just to just Uh, You know, a giant, huge tidal wave of merchandising and T-shirts and toys and everything. And uh, I was thinking, uh, I was trying to figure out maybe is this Warren was trying to, um, but he was coming off of...
0: uh, It would have been Ishtar? uh,
1: Yeah, it was a big... 1981 was Reds. And this is 1990. So there's this big chasm there. with the pickup artist executive, with that mess of uh, the pickup I artist. I don't know anything about the pickup executive artist. Art, he was executive producer on the, that with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And it's a...
0: Uh, is that a toeback movie?
1: Yeah, it's a toeback Okay. One of i things. I've never, I've never seen it. And Ishtar.
0: So, yeah, so... Which, it, I don't know how you feel about Ishtar, but man, that is that is a, uh, unfortunately, uh, buried movie. That movie's got some great stuff in it. No,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll have to do one on Ishtar.
0: Uh, eventually. A yeah. movie. But uh, uh, anyway movie. It has so, some problems, but it's fun.
1: Uh... And I think I was uh, my reaction. I remember thinking, "Wow, this is you know the, obviously the color scheme, the cinematography is amazing, and uh, all the ca- all the actors, of course, that Warren has at his disposal and can round up." And uh, but I remember thinking this. I think I've changed somewhat now a little bit watching it recently. Uh, funny thing, my original thought kind of ties into what Gene Siskel's review was. I I, I found the Siskel and Ebert review of mm-hmm. it, um, and he, uh, Siskel liked it, but he thought that Dick Tra- uh, that Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy was too much of a contemporary character, okay, uh, a modern man in, in in the setting of the film. Sure, he wanted more action, more pro, you know, pro, more action out of the character. Um, uh, he's more of a cipher.
0: What uh, was uh, Siskel's point? Uh, that's that was Gene. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, I, um, and I
1: kind of agreed with that. You, I, I, I remember re- thinking. I remember thinking. Um, uh, my takeaway, my initial takeaway, and I and I kept for this for a long time, was I love Warren. I like to watch Warren Beatty. I like his persona, and he's kind of. It's a very typical Warren Beatty persona. But, but he's the modern. But he's, eyes but he's not. The, but he's not Dick Tracy. Well, and, he... and then that's that kind of fits in what Siskel's saying. I like, go. Oh, I mean, putting more of a. Analytical
0: spin on it. Well, I, I, the other reason I wanted to talk specifically to you about it, because my take on it is always of how I've remembered it from years, even as I started paying attention more to film, is that feeling. It's so hard to talk to people, comic book movie watchers, right now, and try to put them in the mindset of where comic book fans were watching <laughs> movies in the 90s or 80s. Like, there's the period where, you know, Marvel movies were terrible until Blade, and they were, and like, they sold them off for peanuts. Well, you oh. know what the first
1: fe- Marvel feature was? What? Which? Uh, the very first Marvel feature film? I,
0: just go ahead, Tyler. Howard wait. the Duck. Oh. <laughs> So that started. That's the first feature. Well, for my but you remember that period where like all the Marvel movies were terrible. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then, like and they were on, into TV and stuff. Well, anyway, but there's also there's that feeling where like comic book fans were like um, abused spouses when it came to Hollywood because the 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 medium of comics were still in the ghetto intellectually. People were ignoring them, and so we we take whatever scraps Hollywood would give us, and at the same time half the time when they adapted comics they weren't adapting comics they were just taking the characters and like making this like gosh uh, comic spin like this movie come out and the most notable thing which falls under batman falls under this movie and falls under a bunch of comic book adaptations is the villains are more interesting than the hero
1: yeah but you know the interesting thing is that with dick tracy warren uh watching it again and and uh thinking about it and seeing some other thing, reading some other things and Watching some other things, I've come to a uh, 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 really strange uh, assessment that he handled the villains actually pretty good, in Dick Tracy. Whereas, it's an overload. He, he jammed he jammed in a ton of them, but they, he dispatches a lot of them really quickly too. That's uh, true. And uh, he it didn't it didn't make the film lopsided like when the the, the when the even the even some good movies like uh, the, the when Marvel started getting their act together. You know, they, uh, or Spider-Man 3, which is, you know, they, they, the Venom, adding Venom. Well, to yeah, and I mean, there was, a the,
0: like, Joker was always going to overwhelm Batman in Batman movies, but then the Marvel, Marvel, the modern Marvel MCU problem is that their villains are, they've been working hard to get their villains as interesting as their heroes. It's a lopsided version of this. Well, I, well,
1: I see what you're saying, too. But I'm also saying that yeah, sometimes, I, 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 uh, a, a really bad aspect of uh, comic book movies, uh, superhero comic book movies, is they try to, uh, they... they jam in too many villains, and also the villains have a really personal connection to the...
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the arbor- Jack Napier Yeah,
1: is. stuff like that. And uh, whereas I think uh, I think Warren and the screenwriters were able to maybe get around that and figure it out, how to work it.
0: Well, I was going to ask, because one of the most notable things I know of the movie from a comic book standpoint, I know nothing about Chester Gold. I was going to ask what you knew about him. But I remember there was this like really... Coo- I've seen online this really cool... A graph of all the dick tracy villains and there's just the face designs he draws <laughs> it's weird how like he can do so much with so little like the the there's so much variety in these in these in these villains
1: well that's he started out one way uh it's it's if you look at the early 30s stuff when dick tracy started and then you look at the, his stuff in the 60s and when he's getting an old age it's very it's it's, it's evolved and uh the thing think a lot of
0: shortcuts or something well
1: yeah and it got cartoony too very uh and uh, almost a caricature, and then a lot of uh, cartoonists
0: and illustrators go through that. The one interesting thing I have, uh, which we talked about briefly for this, is um, I had heard about this for years, but i just found this on YouTube and watched this right before, is in 2008, Warren Beatty did a TV special that aired on TCM of uh, Dick Tracy coming back. I forget, it's like Dick Tracy Returns or something, and I watched it for the first time, and I remember hearing about it when it first, Came out and thinking in mythological because it was one of the two cinematographers on it is Emmanuel Luthbesky, chivo from a uh, uh, three-time Oscar winner. And the thing of it is, when you watch it, it, I can't. I mean, I cannot explain how bizarre this whole thing is. It's basically Beatty wearing his dictate Tracy outfit in 2008, and he sits down with Leonard Maltin to be interviewed by Leonard Maltin on what looks like a Charlie Rose set. And so for the first like five minutes. Warren Beatty just talks about how, he, how young he looks. And then at one point, um, then they go through a, a film history of uh, Dick Tracy. They go through uh, some Republic serials, which were really interesting, and then RKO took it over. Uh, there, was a t- there was a TV show in the 50s or a movie in the 50s, and the RKO, the RKO ones were very film noir based um there's this but then there was a failed pilot in the 60s and then it jumps all the way to yeah the
1: pilot was going to be done by william Dozier, who did Green Hornet and batman the they said it was off the success and of the, and they and the really cart- there was a real really cheesy uh i don't even want to even know how to describe a cartoon series in the early 60s where everett sloan voiced him you're kidding uh, from citizen king yeah yeah um but uh, uh yeah that that whole thing we just talked about this before we started the the mic put the mics on was uh, that I knew of, he's been, he's, he, for some reason, Warren will not let go of the copyright. And there and there's all kinds of people that want to do Dick Tracy stuff, and Warren won't let it go. And he had to do that special. He had to put the coat and, and, the, and the hat on and appear as Dick Tracy for a certain amount of time, or shot footage of him. To keep the copyright.
0: The other funny thing about the special is that he, um, uh, Malton asked him, who, he's, he's playing Dick Tracy, so he's talking about the actors playing Dick Tracy, and he keeps asking who's his favorite, and he basically says every actor except Warren Beatty is the one he likes, and then when he talks about what he likes about Warren Beatty, he's like, well, he does look like me. This is the big thing. He keeps setting.
1: Well, it. now that you told me that it's out there, I'm I'm, I'm really I can't wait to watch. It It was hard
0: to search. I had to look up Dick Tracy 2008, and also it was really hard to watch because it was one of those YouTube videos where the audio goes out of sync pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So you're just watching for right. But
1: yeah, I I, I, I you obviously uh, I, either I was I, mean, I don't know if the hell I, I I I'd be curious to see if they publicized it at all. I bet it, I bet it was buried. It wasn't that big a deal.
0: They said it only aired once, and it was on TCN. Yeah, and it well, only that, aired see, there once. There you go,
1: because because of, of copyright. That's all you needed. Wow, and, that's. And, that's uh, but
0: um, well, the thing the the whole th- the whole film wasn't uh, it. W- it wasn't a Beatty pr- uh, project originally. That was that, that. was the next thing I was going to ask you about. So uh, I, I when I was looking this up, the f- directors that were originally supposed to be doing it. Speaking of your f- coterie of favorite directors, um, uh, at one point Beatty was going after Scorsese for do this, but the one that had developed it for the longest time was Walter Hill.
1: Yeah, there's Walter Hill involved, Spielberg, Landis. I think when Landis got involved, I think that's when they, the the talk about Clint Eastwood, being Dick Tracy, I and see you that. think about Dick Tracy. I mean, well, I think about City. Look, think about City Heat with Burt Reynolds. There, you know, he's got a fedora and the trench coat. I could see now. See, I could see Clint being more what I pictured Dick Tracy being. Mm. And in fact, they said Warren actually did prosthetics. He he did the chin and the nose and 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 put on the stuff to make it to make him more look like the cartoon strip. And, uh, the, uh, uh, it, they nixed it. They said it looked, it looked too weird. Uh, and it just, it didn't, it didn't work. And so therefore, uh, you know, you get the normal Warren Beatty face in the movie. Well, it,
0: it, amid a bunch of villains wearing prosthetics.
1: Yeah. And, but you know, it's funny cause like, you know, when you Al Pacino, you think, I think let, I think let Al, P- Al Pacino go. I think, well, <laughs> let's read what somebody, uh, I think it's, an, oh, I think it's Cisco or Ebert, one of them said, the uh, it looked like he was a Corioli, uh, uh, Mixed with um, uh, uh, Ham- uh, Hamlet or Macbeth, <laughs> the, the, the key, no, Richard III, the one the hunchback. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, Hamlet yeah. not so much. Yeah, well, because Pacino's Richard III. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, he played Richard III after. Yeah, Richard this, III so. mixed with the Coriolani. Car- uh, uh, wow. I thought, oh, okay, that's pretty good.
0: So uh, I, I did want to mention this real briefly, because um, uh, when I told uh, my friend T.J., who I'd watched this with, that uh, we were watching this, he wanted. He needed to get across his pet theory. I'm going to run past you. Sure. So there's a scene in the middle where uh, um, uh, big boy's trying to figure out territories and what he can do, and um, there's a Godfather reunion. There is Pacino sitting there with James Conn, and like James James Conn, they haven't they haven't overlapped in a movie since Godfather 2, have they?
1: Uh, Pacino and Conn? Uh, no, I don't I don't think so.
0: Um. T.J.'s pet theory was that uh, Beatty was threatened by Khan as a leading man and might have cut him out, cut some stuff out of the movie.
1: Uh, huh. And uh, De Tracy? Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, could be. I mean, who knows what's on the editing floor. He wanted, and I, I you know, somebody's missing in this thing, because you got Malcolm J. Pollard and Estelle Parsons, two Bonnie and Clyde people, and Warren, you typically...
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't remember them in the movie. They're in there. Yeah. Where are they
1: at? Um... Uh, I to watch it again but I they're both uh it like she's a she's serving she's uh like maybe Tess's mother I think oh that makes sense That's think so cool are, and Michael J Pollard shows up in it so you know Warren uh, and so apparently uh, I I found that, found this out the day before we got uh, did this uh G, Hackman was offered a part. And turned it down. Do you know what it was? No, I have no idea. It makes, it that makes sense. There's so much stuff. Because, you know, Gene shows like, Gene, Gene up in Reds so in a small part. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's always... It's
0: like him and Nicholson are so underbilled in Reds, too, even though Nicholson got an Oscar nomination.
1: Right.
0: But, um, I should I should mention also, while I'm still talking about TJ, uh, uh, <laughs> one thing that really... Again, going down this whole... Your childhood movie is a pedestrian take on a movie of interest. Uh, While we were watching it, TJ pointed out that when uh, Madonna's first scene came on, he he and I both got really quiet. And the joke we kept making back and forth to each other was, I think Madonna might have given us our first boner. Like, Uh it was, I mean, her costumes in this movie are just very, very notably sheer and form-fitting. And they're amazing and gorgeous and sexy looking. But... Also, um, this is Truth or Dare era. I've never seen Truth or Dare.
1: Yeah, well, that's well, that's an interesting film, and it's uh, it, it is it's an interesting uh, way she plays. Um, I th- again, this film is very interesting. It, it it plays for all ages in a very uh, very tight balance. It's uh, it's kind of sexy, and provocative, and it has something for the adults, but it's not. But it's chaste enough for kids to, to not kids might say oh there's something going on here but they really don't know that's a, that's uh, a good because so, I mean,
0: one of the big questions I would have for you is do you think it's a kids movie or an adult
1: movie I think it's all ages I think Warren really uh, curated it uh, to make it play uh, that way um, and it, I think and of course the color scheme the primary colors he's trying to reproduce the look of a, uh, of a Sunday. Cart, uh, Sunday uh, cartoon strip from the, the Sunday paper,
0: like a three color, like no, full,
1: just the primary colors from the car. It, uh, this uh,
0: w- the, the other funny thing that came from that special was there was also this like retroactive critique Beatty was making on the movie, and he and so he was as Dick Tracy asking what he thought of the Beatty movie, and he just thought for a second, and he just goes, "It's very colorful." <laughs> so uh, the movie is the, the movie whole, is designed you, within uh, an inch it, of it, its life. Oh
1: gosh, yeah, there's everything's a set, everything. There's animation, there's painting, there's you know everything is uh, used to its ultimate uh, uh, design, and you know and of course Warren gets the best work out of everybody. Yeah, that's one thing about Warren; he gets the best toys and the best people to work with uh, every time he does a film. It takes
0: forever. I remember one viewing I had a while back. I'm thinking there's definitely like a Citizen Kane vibe to some of the movie, just because of the use of matte paintings.
1: Yeah, okay. I, that's I, I can see that. I didn't. I don't really think of Citizen Kane much, but I, I will say that um, Citizen
0: Kane's not stylizing. Well, Citizen Kane is stylizing, but it's not trying yeah. to make it look two D. It's trying to still look three D and real.
1: But getting back, uh, getting back to how my my initial reaction and I stuck with it about I, I didn't think Warren was strong enough. It was more, it's Warren Beatty. I I enjoyed Warren Beatty's performance, but I didn't think it was Dick Tracy. The, recently, watching it this year. I enjoyed it. I think it was fine. I didn't have a problem uh, with his Dick Tracy persona, which, like I said, is pretty much Warren. Um, he's on the verge of uh, in his life. It kind of, you know, again, parallels what's going on in his life or about to happen in his life. Where he's about to Net settle winning. down. Yeah, and settle down. And she, Tess, is, Tess is trying to get him to settle down. So that's really interesting. L-
0: literally with Madonna being the, um, <laughs> the temptress. to him. Right.
1: And uh, what really... Made a difference this time around was I, I don't think I reacted this way, or if I did, I forgot. Was I was very moved by the kid's performance, the kid's character. And when he I agree, I agree. and when he does, you know, he uh, spoiler alert, he wants to uh, uh, he changes his name to Dick Tracy Jr., it's a very moving moment and it's so downplayed. And, it's, and it just, it's, it's really,
0: stain on the uh, spoiler thing, the uh, proposal at the end. Oh, okay. I, I got a kick out of that.
1: Yeah, so I I was really I thought this really uh this really works, it, it it's very moving, and you know how many how many Marvel you know Marvel superhero movies or DC movies, have you know and again, again this is not it's not this is not aiming this is a different. Almost a almost a different subgenre of the comic book movies and this is a comic strip too right we want to be not that there's I mean uh, there's the, there's a difference. yeah, the general audience involved, the public involved it it, it's all just lumped together. but to me uh, being uh, very fanatical about comic book fans, fandom is that there's a difference between strips, pulps. And comic books, you know, mm-hmm. uh, source well, material.
0: One of the reasons I have no problem with Beatty being his persona is because I haven't seen any Dick Tracy. I mean, what what Dick Tracy did, did, had you He's seen? Just a, well, oh, you know, well,
1: that's the thing. He, uh, I, I think Warren defended it because in the strip, there's so many colorful characters surrounding Dick Tr- Tracy that it's that's what the movie's about. And you don't really there's not much of. Uh, a distinctive personality trait now i may be wrong I, I i we need some uh i i it's been so long since i've read dick tracy that i can't tell you what his person uh his traits are uh uh and if it's changed over the years like you know bruce wayne batman's changed over the years uh uh clark kent superman uh, uh, has uh morphed over the years and we kind of know their personalities A change or he's psychotic or he's Clark Kent's a uh, boy scout.
0: Well, or? I know one critique of a lot of Batman movies has been that he's the world's greatest detective and he doesn't do that much detecting. <laughs> and the I remember kind of like keeping an eye, like this movie. He does some detecting between like you know like the walnut shells or uh, what's it the peanut shells, um, or the the gag that me and TJ still to this day laugh just as hard as we did when we were nine is the.
1: Uh, <laughs> Well, we should, I think we, again, uh, we, can't, we shouldn't, uh, we've already touched about it a little bit, is the cast he gets, it's amazing. I'm just, I wrote down, like, I mean, he's like, William Forsythe, I just saw Ed Ross, who plays Itchy, he was in, in the bad guy in Red Heat, the Russian that um, Schwarzenegger goes after, Simba uh, Cassell, Charles Durning. I always put Alan Garfield and uh, Paul Savino in the same category,
0: and they're both in the film. Wow. Um, well, what one I oh, I wanted to point out, uh, I, I think I talked to you about this. I, someone sent me a, a tweet of his where Mandy Patinkin showed his first commercial, and I was just like, "Hey, I just watched something with where Mandy <laughs> Patinkin was like a young beefcake. What was it? What was it? It was this movie, right? Mandy's in it. Charles Fleischer for uh, Roger,
1: the voice of Roger Rabbit, which is there's a little side story about Roger Rabbit. Uh, John Shook. What's, what's the side story? I'll, get, that. I'll get to them. Oh. mentioned the... Let me read off the rest of these people since I wrote them down. R.G. Armstrong shows up in it. Uh, Cole Meany. Uh Burt Remsen, uh, who's in a lot of Altman films. Mary Wovano, who's a cult Roger Corman person. Uh, I think she came from Annie Warhol films, actually, too. Uh, Glenn Hadley, of course. Madonna. Kathy Bates, you know, just... Here, uh, show pops into it. Catherine Harrow. If you don't look quickly, you'll miss Catherine Harrow. I do uh, I miss Catherine. Yeah, Hara. she's. Uh, I
0: remember Kathy Bates' part. What was Catherine Hara?
1: She's at the table with all the different. Uh, when they have the committee with James Con, they're having the the uh, meeting of all the villains, and uh, later in the film, and she's one of the the characters. I don't know. The, uh, I don't know if my table. If my brain's just catching up. She's playing a me. specific character, but I I've forgotten which one. Uh, and then even go back to here, so a couple of odys that you probably. You, if you show them your faces,
0: you don't know their names, probably. I can, I can almost bet Henry Jones. I'm not, not going to know this. And either. Mike Mazursky. Uh, Mike Mazursky sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, he's a huge, big guy. You, uh, John, uh, he was – John Wayne used him some – I mean, John Ford used him some. Oh, and then, really, I thought, to me, I thought, wow, this had a really interesting uh, casting twist to it. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. That, no, yeah. You yeah, know, because yeah,
0: by that time – And Dick Van Dyke playing against type here Yeah, because I
1: think by that time, we pretty much – he resigned himself to going back to TV, and he had, and he kind of gave up on his feature film uh, playing. And then to show him, uh, the show and a big production like this, I just I love it when I see something like that. You know, you see somebody you, that beloved, and it seems like he kind of his uh, critical assessment gets kind of lost in the shuffle over the years. Like you know how good Dick Van Dyke can be. You mean just beyond like Mary Poppins? He's you know it's like you know everybody knows everybody loves Dick Van Dyke, but they don't really think about him as. Is he how to... You know, they. You, know, you think it. You know, when you think of De Niro, Pacino. Do you think of Dick Van Dyke? You know, I mean, no. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. to see Dick Van Dyke yeah. in a production well, like I this, mean, I, mixing I, it up with everybody, it's wonderful. I I,
0: I get a kick out of it. I, well, I thought so much of a stunt casting though, just because like, because I mean, the, just there's some virtue in upholding just. The, he plays against the virtue of him. I don't have. It could
1: be. I mean, part of it is stunt casting, but part of it is Warren's it's effective. Not gonna, I'm not saying Warren's that. not going to put a, somebody in there that can't do it, and and, and can. No, and he works.
0: It. I'm not yeah. saying he's bad. I'm just saying that the yeah. the effect of seeing a celebrity in there in that in that role. But
1: oh, another thing I, I thought here. This is just going back to the merchandising, the craziness of it. Uh, I love the, uh, you know, after once we got the Michael Keaton Batman out of the way, we actually got. Finally, instead of just because uh, soundtracks sometimes have gotten to a point where they're just the needle drops in the movie and no score, and you couldn't get the score, uh, you couldn't go out to the store and buy the, the score. Uh, you know, only if you bought the soundtrack, it'd only be the, the needle the pop songs, the needle drops as they're called. Um, okay. You know, so you know uh, the Prince, uh, you know the main album promoted for Batman was Prince songs, where they actually put out yeah the Daddy Elkwood score on a separate right. album. Well, Dick Tracy went even went better. It had three albums. It had
0: the Madonna inspired album. There was the there was Sondheim one. Yeah, and this, then one. it's the Madonna
1: one. There's the score by Elfman, which of course we haven't talked about Elfman yet.
0: Yeah, uh, that was going to be something I definitely wanted to.
1: And talk about. a third one was all the needle drop songs in it.
0: The, the, well, Sondheim only wrote like what he only like limited numbers like five or seven or something. Yeah, like that.
1: but there's like you know there's some old there's some old uh, uh, songs from the Depression era and thirties oh, there that, that are sense. used mixed in the movie. That's on a third album, or probably some. I haven't looked at them in a long time. Could be some songs that they that or evoked that period that were not even used in the movie, mm-hmm. you know. But it, they put out three different uh, with uh, official it, soundtracks for that.
0: Going along with the Elfman score, I think one of the notable things to me is that that the first Batman score, like you know, he did um, he was doing well Pee Wee and he did Beale Juice, and he did Scrooge, but like this is where like he was doing like. That year,
1: that year is Darkman and, uh, B- and uh, Edward Scissorhands all three uh, yeah
0: and, he, and, and Nightbreed he did uh, the Cl- uh, the Cl- uh, the Yeah, button. and I
1: remember I, I got to a point where,
0: oh and Flash TV series well my point is that the Batman the first one is just such a bold amazing <laughs> full orchestral score it's innovative but at the same time classical it just combines so many classic Hollywood strokes like Steiner strokes. and Ring yeah a lot gold but then this is like okay he's so good at that let's get him to do it again and it's the first time Danny Elfman's just like dude again or they just have uh, someone's like come on well the, the flash score would be another example. yeah flash is
1: similar to that with a batman animated series uh they just they decided to um they, uh, hollywood, you know, it's, being still hollywood it's still good it's still good say it's yeah good. but it, but i would i would agree it i, I agree i hollywood i, I got tired really quickly i was like okay we uh, and spider-man did you do the f- first spider-man or second spider-man uh
0: oh yeah he was he was a raimi guy until uh half he got fired uh, uh spider-man two.
1: yeah and every like, you know okay uh Hollywood thinks this is what superhero music is, and um, it's yeah. fine. It was nice and cool at the beginning, but it, get, it did get a little tiresome uh, after a while. I mean, I, I love it. Well,
0: and, and this is still where it's still a little fresh, but they're repeating. Yeah. Kind of. But it's still it's still great. It's still great. No, yeah.
1: Everything I, I, I everything is, that's the thing about Dick Tracy, is so funny. Uh, it doesn't get... It does It seems like it should get more love than it, it does. Than it, should, than it does because it's it's top drawer across the board. I, you know now whether again maybe the sticky point is uh, Warren Bates, uh being the character of Dick Tracy, but everything around it is just so you know amazing. And like I said, I actually, at, at, I watching it again. I got I actually got emotionally moved. Uh, and I actually was watching some analysis of it. The of by this one people how the color scheme actually there's some interesting things done. Not just just to make them look really cool, but there's actually some narrative things done with the color that I didn't. I don't think I picked up on.
0: What did they say? The
1: color purple uh, that is associated with the um, what's Madonna's character's
0: name? I can't. Uh, um, Breathless Mahoney.
1: Breathless Mahoney. Uh, there could be uh, the color that was used to tip off who she really is. Okay. okay. And I go,
0: oh. Well, we're 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 skipping around like yeah, around, around. around the no 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 of the uh, the uh, one of the. Unsung heroes of Dick Tracy, which is a lot of the unsung Heroes of a lot of Warren Beatty directed movies, and that's cinematographer Vittorio Storaro. Yeah, one yeah. of the great. <laughs> who, who, he's a cinematographer who, like, you know, he's done um, in the last few years. He did like um, he did that sci-fi ch- uh, Dune miniseries. He's done a few Woody Allen movies, but he hasn't not done much the last few years.
1: Yeah, that, well, that is interesting about cinematographers. I don't know if you. I, I need to look this up closer, but it seems like it, oh, it's almost like. Um, uh, maybe to think of there was this great, this wonderful, amazing comic book penciler, William Al Williamson, uh, who uh, drew for EC Comics and he and he's one of the ultimate Flash Gordon uh artists. And he ends up near the end of his career, uh, just being an inker. I'm like, this guy should be well. It seems it like
0: anything. a lot of classic pencilers ended up inking in towards the end of their career. Eh,
1: yes, and no, yes, well, and that's no. A, a different uh, podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, you go, you know, why isn't he, you know, still uh, being, court- I mean. Well, the
0: Taurus- Tony is so perfect for this movie that it almost became a fault against the movie. Like, because Storaro's style is mainly about one single color, but he's so obsessed with usually one to two colors. He goes a lot with primary colors, but it's like, I mean, his work on Apocalypse Now or The Conformist or Last Tango in Paris are just very bold. Very, very bold work.
1: Hmm. Uh, Warren also there's a quote Warren said he had more fun than I ever had I'm, I'm making a movie making this movie and more fun and that's I'm like uh, okay that's
0: interesting Was this, this movie it's weird because this movie feels like it's designed in pre-production but I vaguely remember it didn't go over budget and over schedule and stuff like that I don't remember or did it not
1: I don't I don't recall I don't recall any major production uh, problems and the, the the thing I take away most is that it didn't make the profit okay i think
0: i think i'm thinking that it was expensive and it, it made it pay. did okay
1: yeah at know. the box office but it didn't do the numbers that uh, they wanted, a wanted sequel they wanted like indiana jones yeah and, and the at a, a much more profit margin you know a bigger more uh, margin uh, you know there was i forgot all about this till i was looking around today uh, they released a roger rabbit cartoon in front of this exclusively
0: i do remember this oh my gosh. that was a big gosh. deal um uh,
1: and, uh, oh, wow. And Spielberg, it turns out that I don't, and this is what I, I, I in my research, uh, that I did a little tiny research, uh, that Spielberg wanted, uh, he wanted to take the cartoon, because Spielberg had, uh, he has, I guess he's part of that, I don't know what his rights is into the Roger Rabbit stuff, but he had, he wanted, uh, to open, he wanted to open front of Acrophobia. That was his, uh, he produced that film that year or whatever. Okay. And they nixed it and put it in front of, uh,
0: these are both touchstone pictures. Yeah, movies,
1: and Nick's put it in front of um, the Dick Tracy, and apparently Spielberg got mad, so he he canceled the next co- Roger Rabbit cartoon they were supposed to be working on. Oh wow, and it's just that's like, unfortunate. Yeah. It, was
0: that the Roger Rabbit story you were going to tell? Yeah, yeah. That's so, unfortunate. And of course, it's
1: interesting too because uh, uh, Fleischer, the voice of Rogers in the uh, movie Dick Tracy itself, uh,
0: shows up as a character. What did what did he play in the movie?
1: Oh, you'd ask me that.
0: I don't. Know. There's. That, there's. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> There's so many. Uh... He, pl- he played the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, I tell you what,
1: you know, I, it, it's really funny to watch the, the, the playing of who's who. Uh, if you don't look, if you don't have the names in front of you, but Henry Silva as uh, influence is just perfect. You know, oh uh, yeah, if you look at the cartoon uh, that Chester Gould drew. On a, uh, the, the character called Influence, and it's like I know I don't that's know anything Henry Silva. It. And sure enough, Warren gets Henry Silva to play him.
0: Wow. So. I mean, have you heard anything about, uh, I mean, Beatty's got a stranglehold on the rights. Anyone else's, like, pitch to take, or anybody new? No, or, I mean. Well, the, who would you think would do a good version of it right now? Like, Guillermo del Toro, or like, um, Frank Miller? Oh, uh, no. Well, Frank. I, I, after what he did with the spirit? Well, he's doing you, that Netflix show right now. I don't know if he's directing on the Netflix show but
1: well, no I don't know about that uh, yeah. but but the uh oh gosh that, you know
0: we,
1: you know to tackle uh, the spirit for a podcast would be we really sh- interesting we should do an episode on the
0: spirit <laughs> that movie oh, literally should. has a kitchen sink in it that's
1: you yeah. well i always compare uh, the spirit is to me it's a, it's a car wreck you, it's the uh, car wrecks you know so bad terrible and the worst thing that to happen but you They're, can't take your eyes off of
0: it that, that's a fun car wreck that movie is a very that movie is a. Oh, oh that's the first time i've heard
1: somebody say it's a fun it's a, it's
0: it's 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 a little trying i'm not
1: gonna lie there it's yeah. trying. i haven't it's i haven't been like, back to it since the, theater. It's the I, theater i haven't
0: i remember i was still working in the theater so i saw it a bunch then but oh there you go yeah, yeah. Uh, i just remember samuel L. jackson alone is worth the price of admission on that movie
1: uh, again, I have to. I need to. I need to go. I uh, fasten my seat belt and watch it again. <laughs> so, oh, uh, you know, I, I was going to tell you. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, time wise, we didn't. We don't really have time to go into this. But I, I uh, this, said, be, we got all the time in the world. Uh, well, the uh, quote, James Bond. Uh,
0: That's where I was going with that.
1: The uh, I, I did a talk on this once, but the history of and, uh, uh, comic books and comic book adaptations, the movies, the cinema history, and the phases. And I had it down to, like, I think four phases, but now I've actually got five phases. Uh, you know, are you curious? I do have to go through? Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, Phase one is from 1900 to 1965, and there's, it's uh, mostly serials, the Fleischer, uh, Superman cartoons. There's not any really feature film adaptation. Mm-hmm. There's some comic strip stuff adapted. There's little Abner's and stuff, and the Dick Tracy films and stuff, but nothing uh, huge. Uh, and then the second phase is sixty six and seventy seven. The Batman TV movie plays as a theatrical. There's a theatrical film, right? Amongst
0: no, I've, I've seen it. And yeah. that
1: changed. Uh, Hollywood one, didn't know what to do with. Uh, that's the one with the shark spray, right? Yeah, Hollywood didn't know what to do with comic. There's blondies, you know, a ton of blondies in the in the first phase, uh, but it's mostly strip adaptations. And they, you know, and comics are still considered juvenile. And then the Batman sixty six comes along, and it's and then and. Whew, it, it it uh it put a stigma on everything and a stink on everything, and made everything campy and that lasted you know and then we and then if anything was on it would be like Wonder Woman and Hulk on the TV series and that kind of stuff, uh, Spider Man a really cheesy Spider Man series, and then at '78 number phase three, begins with '78 with Donner Superman and finally, we get a you know a comic book superhero movie that's taken seriously. For the
0: most part. With a nice cast. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and big cast, big budget, uh, taken seriously, blah, 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 changes, and, and then there's a... It spawns a bunch of stuff after that, but it all peters out again until ni- then the next phase, phase four, is 1989 and 1999. That's Burton's Batman. So
0: this is... The the phases would be distinguished by taken seriously, and then the Bat- Burton one starts it's taken seriously with some slight darkness to it. Right,
1: and finally, you know, because I could...
0: The comic books aren't for kids anymore. Anyway. Yeah, after they,
1: Superman, you you we get we get Flash Gordon, Conan, Supergirl, Sheena, Howard the Duck, Swamp Thing, Popeye, um, and the Superman sequels. But in, after Batman, 1989, and this is the Phase Four, 1999, 1999, We get we get the Turtles, Punisher, Dick Tracy, Hardware, uh, Rocketeer.
0: I did want to briefly bring up Rocketeer. Um, I I also rewatched Rocketeer recently. That was another, you know, this from that time period, just a year later. So it was a thing. One of the fascinating things on that was it almost felt like it was taking from the influence of Dick Tracy, where they had the one villain in that movie that had some really elaborate face. Well, that's
1: based on that Rondo Hatton. Uh, Remember, I've told you about the Rondo Awards. No, he's that. that, You have, you have. But go ahead, explain. Well, no, Rondo Hatton was an actor in in some really uh, early Universal uh, or or some. Poverty Roe, B-films, horror films, and he his face was deformed from uh, gases in World War One.
0: Well, what's fascinating is it's isolated in the movie. Yeah. He's the only one. Right. Oh, there's another Paul Servino appearance, too, in there. <laughs> and then you got Timothy Dalton, who's perfectly cast in that movie. I forgot how well cast he is. Well,
1: he's there. perfectly cast in Flash Gordon, too. Uh, the Shadow, The Mask, a Tank Girl, uh, you know, uh, Crying Freeman, all this stuff. Uh, Dennis the Menace with Walter Matthau. Uh the, the Roger Corman FF. That's all in the wake of Phase Four of Batman coming along, and then we got Phase Five.
0: Start with Raimi Spider-Man.
1: Uh, no, X-Men, Year Two Thousand.
0: So you, you you don't distinguish Blade.
1: Well, I'll, Blade's kind of an interesting thing. I'll let me, let me double back to Blade. Two Thousand Phase Five is X-Men because of the uh, publicity, the box office, the recognition, the quality of X-Men uh, leads into the Spider-Man. Uh, and the whole uh, modern age of what we're at now. Now, some are going to debate that. So, I, and so, I, I do go 5.5. The same phase, uh, Iron Man in 2008. So the MCU is because 5.5. Because that's the MCU, MCU. I. But I, I want to say we're still in the, the same phase. Blade comes out. Uh, what did I write that down? somewhere? Uh, interesting. Is Blade is uh, 1998. Blade is 1998 so and, year before uh, this i always call the john the baptist to the modern age of comic books.
0: It, it, that's it, a great distinction you know it's it,
1: it's it, it's there it, it you know it didn't get a lot of attention but he's it's it's calling it's called he's foreshadowing he's calling out and, and and
0: paving the way that's that's great Ed. so that, that is great that's
1: what i've always thought of uh, whereas uh, we, uh, it's there, and that's when Marvel finally started taking control of their stuff. X Men wasn't under the, their control, but it was under some good control. Donner's wife. Uh, yeah, one, Laura Shadow Shil- yeah, Donner. That yeah. up, and Brian Singer directing.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah, it's, so it's been really interesting to check. The, 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 and then you get this whole other people think of comic movies, and you think, well, The History of Violence, uh, World of Perdition, Ghost World, uh, American Splendor. You got, uh, you know, there are non-superhero comic books that also are getting a lot of attention. And then you get. Things that are done as a graphic novel or a comic book just to make the movie. It's not even intended to really be published. Image you
0: know? was doing that on the 90s. Yeah. Well, and you also, I mean, James Gunn recently tried to bring back uh, Howard the Duck into the Guardians movies. and uh, Gar- Howard the Duck actually has like a 16-frame cameo in uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, too, even. So. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. I'm so happy because I, I really was a big Howard the Duck fan, and then I became embarrassed to be a Howard the Duck fan because of the movie.
0: Sure. Um
1: and then you know it's just it's the whole world has changed. If you had gone uh, uh, to eight-year-old Teddy Haycraft and asked him about uh, if you would thought you'd see the day where the superhero movies would be taken seriously and done so well and could be done this well, uh, I would have said no. My head would have exploded and my, I I I would never
0: imagine we
1: where we'd be the day.
0: Um, so let's go ahead and wind down. I I mean I want to reiterate. I just think i'm glad you picked this like i i i guess dick tracy because i've seen it so many times i saw it when i was young it's been loaded but you know when you watch it again i don't know it just it's, it's a great example of getting uh why we can't have good things like everything about this movie kind of i, I it's hard it's Finding faults with this movie seems like uh, just being picky, because because the things no, that work it, work about this movie work so well that we almost take it for granted. It
1: really works, and I think uh, it's it's been overshadowed and, and forgotten, and uh, maybe punished uh, in a way it shouldn't be punished. Um, you know, you know, Warren Beatty is such a big persona uh, personality, and uh, and then you know uh, other issues, the Madonna thing, or the copyright issue, or which were all whatever. stuff at the time. Yeah, but
0: thirty years later, that stuff aged well
1: yeah and i and, and i'm like i said i was i was emotionally moved by the like the scene with him and the kid and uh and the music you got great musical numbers yeah and not let alone the score and the son of Heim and uh and then you got amazing and pacino was nominated i think uh i wasn't i think wasn't he nominated for that part
0: uh that that sounds about right but i mean
1: you got all these great parts and 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 you know warren you know he he loves hollywood uh to, you know, it takes forever to get him get off his butt and make a movie, uh, or and then he sometimes he, you know, he'll stumble with it. But I think he did a really great job with this. And I think it's worth rewatching, and now hopefully, I just wish he'd, he'd do it, uh, a special edition. That's another frustrating thing. Is like this thing, this really deserves a special edition with all kinds of bells and whistles, and it's just a plain wrap Blu-ray, uh,
0: you know, out of it on it. As does Reds and Bullworth.
1: Well, there was a there was actually a, a short. There is a, a sort of a. I don't know how long it is, but a pretty lengthy documentary on the making of Reds. It could be more.
0: I've never seen that. Oh, that's it's, on a,
1: it's on the disc. Uh, oh, wow. on the,
0: I don't think I've seen that. On the DVD anniversary disc. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Well, Ted, uh, I, th- I mean, any last thoughts?
1: No, just uh, everybody go watch Dick Tracy again. You'll be surprised, I think.
0: Dick Tracy's currently, I saw it on HBO Max. I uh, know that's its streaming option. Um, I don't know. I think it's d- pretty inexpensive on Blu ray DVDs. Oh. <laughs> Dick Tracy check it out. Thanks for listening.